This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, welcome. We're kicking off a brand new series called Be Filled today. I'm super excited about that. I believe that over the next few weeks, if we could lean into what we're going to talk about, that God could radically reshape our relationship with Him. And I mean, we're, we're in the season of what we call 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's really where we pause and intentionally say we're going to take 21 days. We started it this past Wednesday, and, and we're going we're gonna to pray we're going to seek you, and we're going to fast, and, and I don't know, if, if you haven't started that, it's not too late, you can get on board today. Um, every day, we're on our app sharing a guided prayer session. If you've never done anything like that, it's super simple. You just put it on, let it play. It's kind of like listening to um, just some audio, and, and it'll walk you through about 10 to 15 minutes of prayer Every day on our app, there's a new one that's coming up, and I want you to get that. If you don't have our app, there's a QR code at guest services. You can scan that on your way out and do that. We'd love to spend the next several weeks seeking God. And and I don't know if you're, our staff every year does a Daniel fast, and that means for uh, several weeks I don't have coffee. And if you're a coffee drinker, you know what that means. This is day four. I have a headache, okay? So... I mean, it's just part of this every year. It's part of this. But how many of y'all know that, that there's sometimes a necessary pain to walk through? If, some, if you want something good, you've got to walk through the pain. There's a, the only difference between who you want to be and who you are is the pain that you're willing to endure. All right? And so, and so this is a season where we intentionally choose that, say no to some things. And, and we're, we're going to start today what we call a vision series. And this culminates with Vision Sunday on January 30th. Just go ahead and mark it on your calendars. Make plans to be here. We're going to share on that Sunday what I believe is God's vision for the next season of our church. And Obviously, this kind of builds to that because we believe that there's so much about what we're talking over the next uh, talking about for the next few weeks. It's just going to build into that. So I'm going to go ahead and get started by asking you this real simple question. Um, What are you full of? Some of y'all have had that answered for you by other people. They have told you what you were full of. And it was probably not very nice when it happened, right? What are you full of? Did, did you know, here's a, a fact that maybe some of you came in aware of today, that you are, in some sense, you are hollow on the inside. I was reading this past week, and I, I ran across this, it's, it's very odd, it's a very odd story. It, the researcher's name is Jules Cotard, it was in the late 1800s, and he was studying a group of people, he was an early, kind of early in psychology, so he's studying people who have a problem with understanding their own self-image. And Cotard, in 1880, ran across the woman that he called Mademoiselle X, And as he was studying her, he found out that she literally believed, this was, she firmly believed that she had nothing on the inside. 
that there was no heart, there was no stomach, there were no lungs. She was, she was, and, and that now it's a very rare psychological condition called Cotard's delusion. And, 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 and what he found was not only did she believe that, but she acted as if it were true. She didn't want to eat because she didn't believe she had a stomach. She didn't take care of herself, and this woman ended up dying a very early and untimely death out of, in very poor health because of what she believed about herself. I think it's something that we can identify with. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt empty? Have you ever felt like you are just the, the stuff on the inside that makes life what it is, it just it had drained out of you. Have you ever felt like there was a void or a, a vacuum on the inside? In in the 1600s, uh, Blaise Pascal was a brilliant scientist. There's a lot of laws and a lot of stuff that's associated with Pascal. He he said this, and I think it is one of the most astute observations of humanity. He was also a believer, said this, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God, the creator, made known to us through Jesus Christ. There's a God-shaped vacuum. Now, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I probably wouldn't use the term vacuum, okay? But there's a God-shaped hole. There's a God-shaped hole inside. And if there is this, and I believe it's, this is an accurate understanding of the condition of man, that there's an emptiness on the inside of us that only God himself can fill. If there is this hole or this vacuum or this hollowness on the inside, I want to ask this question as we get started today. What have you tried to fill this emptiness with? What have you tried to fill it with? And I use intentionally the word tried. Because anything that you try to fill it with will never leave you satisfied. It is a God-shaped hole. And Pascal's observation is true. If it is God-shaped, then there is nothing that could fill it. Only God himself could. So have you tried to fill it with the affections of another person? Is there somebody that you've been saying, if they could love me, then, then this hole and this emptiness that I feel inside of me, it would finally be full. If I could just get that, if I could just, that person, if I could just experience that, if I could have that, then this emptiness and this hollowness and this vacuum would finally be full. There's some of us that are living that way and, and we, you know, we can recognize that some of us that don't see that because the person that we're looking for is somebody that our culture tells us, well, they should be doing that. It's our spouse. The affections of another person will never be enough to satisfy you. Have you tried to fill it with validation and acceptance? 
I, I, I don't know if I'm good enough. If, if you'll just validate my feet, can you validate me? Can you tell me that I'm good enough? Can you accept me? Can you, ex- if you, if you would, then I'll, if you, yeah, well, can you? Some of us have been there. I don't know who I am. I don't know if I'm good enough. I need, I need you to validate that. I need you to tell me that I'm good enough. Have you tried to fill it with success? There are some of you that if we reverse field five or ten years and we were to say you are where you are today, having what you have today, if we would have told yourself, Ten years ago that you would have told yourself five years ago that you'd have it. You would have said, I would have been satisfied by that. But here you are living in what you would have said five or ten years ago is satisfying and not satisfied. Because with every new promotion, every new goal achieved, there's always more to do. It's a hole inside of you. Now here's the counterintuitive one. Have you tried to fill it with new habits and disciplines? I think there's something innate inside of us that when things are not going well, and we feel empty on the inside. We say, I need a new routine. I need a new hobby. I need a new thing to do. It might even be a good thing. I need a new quiet time. I need a new, I need a new prayer time. I need a new worship album to listen to. I need, but here's the thing. A new habit and a new discipline that is devoid from your relationship with God will not connect you with God. It is nothing but something else to do. And it will leave you as empty as you were when you started. And here's the thing that so many of us, so many of us at this time of year can identify with. Have you tried to fill it with things? There are some of us that just a few weeks ago were saying, I really want to get that thing. And then at Christmas, you got that thing and you were so excited for a couple weeks. And now it is not the thing you thought it was. How many of y'all see that with your kids, right? They really wanted that. They ain't playing with it now. Like, where'd that go? The truth is, is that there's a, a hole inside of you, a vacuum that only God himself can fill. So I want to take you to a text that addresses this. It's, it's going to be the anchor text for this entire season. It's out of Ephesians chapter 5. It begins in verse 18, and it says this, Do not get drunk. On wine. And some of y'all are going, no, stop right now. Do not mess with my wine. Oh, we're going to mess with it, okay? I'm just, just going to let the Bible mess with your wine, okay? Do not get drunk on wine. Look at what it says next. Which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is a, a medical condition where your health begins to slowly fade and fail because of continued drunkenness. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Do you see what he's saying? Don't, if you do that and you're trying to fill your life with that, it's going to lead to that. What you're filling yourself with will lead to a next step. It will lead to a next step. 
I want you to understand, if you're saying that the inside of me will be satisfied and filled when I get the affections of somebody else, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You will do things you never thought you would do to get the affections of somebody else. It will lead to a next step. If you're saying that I'll be satisfied when I get success, you will cheat the system. You will do what you think you can to get to the next rung and find out that it's just as empty as where you were. What you're filling yourself with will lead to a next step. And most of the time, we, we take this to a conversation of good things and bad things. Okay, if I'm filling myself with good things then it'll lead to a good next step. If I'm filling myself with bad things, then it'll lead to a bad next step. But as a believer, I want you to understand this. Your world is never painted under the tension of good and bad. Your world is landscaped by the decision of, is it God's will? It's not, is it bad or is it good? The question, is it a God thing? Because if it's not what God called you to, God, it can be something that is good, but if you start trying to fill yourself with it and it's not what God's called you to, you'll fill yourself with it and it'll become a bad thing. Don't be drunk on wine, for it leads to divine. Don't be filled with the wrong thing because it's going to lead to the wrong next step. Next verse, instead... Be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I, I think it's so good to say this. There's a lot of don't do that's that we talk about in church. Don't do that and don't do that. This is not a don't do that text. This is a do that. This is a, I want to show you what's wrong about doing that. And here's what you're supposed to do. Be filled with the Spirit. Pascal is correct that there is a vacuum on the inside of us. There is a God-shaped hole. The Bible says in Genesis 1 that God made us in his image. There is something buried inside of us that reflects the image of God. And in us, only God, only God can fill that. Only God. So here what I'm about to say, God wants you to be full of it. Next time someone's like, you're full of it. You go, yeah, I am full of it. But can I, can I say this specifically? God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the next two verses talk about what happens in our life after that happens. When, when I'm, I'm, okay, I've, I'm watching now what I'm filling my life with. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm over and, and I'm, I'm choosing now. God, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. What happens? Look, this is the next verse. Some of y'all are going to go, I don't even like this. <laughs> Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Y'all are going, I don't even like to sing. Why are you saying this? Again, think about it. Sing. What 
you're filled with provokes your next step. And being filled with the Holy Spirit overflows into our outside reality. It is not an inward reality that stays an inward reality. This is, not, this is the most bogus cultural claim when it comes to Christianity, that you can love God, you can choose to follow Jesus, and nothing in your life changes, and you stay exactly the same, doing whatever you want to do with your life, looking however it wants to look. Being filled with the Holy Spirit overflows into your outside reality. What changes and shifts on the inside invariably changes and shifts on the outside. Some of y'all get into a moment like this, and you'll sit in the back, and you'll look over, why is that girl singing, raising her hands? What? I mean, why? What's she got to sing? And what you don't know. Okay, what you don't know is, is that person earlier this week was on their face before God. God, I don't even know if I can make it anymore. I feel broken. I feel lost. I need you to show up. And if you don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And God showed up, took them through some hard things, and they come into a moment like this, and there's nothing that they can do except praise and worship and sing because God has been their strength. He's been there. So watch as he wraps this up. This is the Apostle Paul writing, always giving thanks. So we're supposed to be singing. Well, some of us don't even like to sing at all. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what it says? Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I love this passage because it's one of the most succinct places that we see the doctrine of the Trinity, this orthodox Christian belief that we have one God who's presented himself and made himself known to us through three distinct personalities, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see them all in this passage, that the, the Spirit is what we're supposed to be filled with, that we're supposed to be thankful to the Father, and our thanks to the Father comes through the Son. And it's speaking this very simple, giving thanks in everything. When our internal reality changes, we see things on the outside differently. We start to go, you know what? I... I, I this has shifted, and my perspective on that has changed. I used to look at that this way, but now God at work in me is allowing me to see this differently. Which is why when he says to give thanks in everything, in everything? I mean, some of y'all hear that and you're going, no, uh-uh. You do not know what I've been through. You don't know. You don't know the conversation that I had at work this past week when they told me that our company might be downsizing and I might lose my job. You don't know what my spouse told me a few weeks ago. It might be over with. You don't know what I'm going through on the inside right now. You don't know. How am I supposed to give thanks? But there's some of us in here. There's some of us that have lived with God long enough that we had that meeting with our company and we thought our world was coming to an end. And you want to know what? God showed up when we got fired and he gave us a new job that we could have never dreamed about. 
We've had that conversation with our spouse. I don't know if this is going to work. And we saw the Holy Spirit intersect our lives. And things are different now. Things are new now. And the truth is, is that some of us have been through some stuff. And now we know that God is faithful and strong. And I'm not going to get, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me and I'm not going to get lost in the chaos of my moment. We need the Holy Spirit. We need. And so if you're taking notes today, I want to talk about why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why? Why do I need, in my life, why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit it's often, it's overlooked, under-pursued, and misunderstood. When I say Holy Spirit, there's some of us that we're like, I don't want to talk about that, please. That's those weird people. Like I said, I went to church with my friend one time, and it was like seven hours long, and there was like a person over there with banners and dancing, and I didn't understand anything that was happening in that room. Can we just not talk about the Holy Spirit is often overlooked, under-pursued, and misunderstood because... A lot of the people that we've known that have talked about the Holy Spirit were weird. Okay? Just no offense. They were weird. And if you're honest, whatever they talked about was weird. <laughs> it wasn't just the Holy Spirit. It's just that they found a comfortable place with the Holy Spirit in letting their weirdness show. Okay? And so I want, I want to spend, we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk about why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this first one, and I hope this lands in your heart the way it did in mine this week. This, number one, only God on the inside can satisfy you. Only God on the inside can satisfy you. We, we are so comfortable with God on the outside. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, he's, he's ruling and reigning. I believe in Jesus. He died on the cross. Oh, yeah, I want my kids. My kids need to know God. Have you seen the way they eat spaghetti? They need Jesus. I mean, I, I want my business to be ran to, by Christian principles because I want God's blessing on it. We love God on the outside, but it is a total different thing when God gets personal and comes on the inside. And it's the truth. The only God on the inside can satisfy you. I want to show you this verse out of Psalm 107. Look at this. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Now, y'all didn't see this, but I'm going to spend a moment. I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to explain what's there. This is so good. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty. He satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. Thirst, hunger. I want you to imagine that you've been in a North Korean prison camp. I have no idea how you got to North Korea, okay? I don't know. That North Korea is weird. I, I read in the news this week that apparently North Korea's Kim Jong-il uh, 
announced to his country that he, not he, his father invented burritos 15 years ago, which is hilarious because obviously Taco Bell's been around longer than 15 years, so he didn't apparently invent burritos. <laughs> but let's just say you're in a North Korean prison camp and you haven't ate, you haven't had water for days. And I show up with a, a uh, humanitarian, on, um, you know, and we're, we're just there doing some work, and we're able to meet with representatives, and I'm able to come into the cell and tell you, you're going to be free. I know you haven't had any food in a while, and, and I just wanted you to know that, that we, we, we found out you didn't even have water. I brought some water. We've got some food, and I set it down in front of you. You want to know what most of us do? We go, oh, look at that water. That's so nice. Wow, God, you blessed me with water. Look at the blessing that you've given me, God. What a one. You must love me so much that you brought me this water. The water does you no good until you drink it. It does you no good. The food would do you no good until you eat it. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to satisfy you until it gets on the inside. Only by receiving God on the inside can He satisfy us. And some of us have not let God become personal. God's been cultural. God's been kind of in, a, in our family. God's been kind of a religious practice, but he's never become personal. And only when God comes alive on the inside can he satisfy you. We need that. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need it because God alone on the inside can satisfy us. Number two, we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit because you're weak by yourself. You're weak by yourself. Now, we talk a lot about community, okay? We talk about the need for friends and why, why we need to do life together, and, and that's, a, that's an important talk, okay? And that, that's an important thing to talk about. We need to do community. We need to do small groups. We're gonna, in just a few weeks, we're going to release a list of small groups for the coming year. I'd love for you to get plugged into a group and find some friends and get to know some people and do life with people. That matters. It matters to have friends. But that's not what I'm talking about in this moment. You're weak by yourself. Romans 8 says this about the work of the Holy Spirit in us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our... You ever felt like you needed some help? You ever been there? Like, I'm, I'm not strong enough to do this. I'm, 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 this is not my gifting. I'm, I'm, I feel totally incapable when it comes to this thing. I keep trying, but I keep failing. You ever felt that way about anything? The truth is we know we're weak. We know this, and too often we, we kind of cover it with a facade of arrogance, or we cover it with the kind of manifestation of pride and insecurity, we, we know that we're weak. There's some things I'm not good at. Like, for example, I'm not good at putting together anything. and I mean anything. If I ever invite you over and I say, I put that chair together, you don't want to sit in that chair. <laughs> Just going to say that up front, okay? And so I have friends 
that are good at putting stuff together. And when something comes in and I need some help, I'll call them and they'll come over and they'll help me put it together. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not. We're talking about the Holy Spirit that comes alive on the inside of you. Where you are weak, He's strong. I, I wasn't planning to say this, but I, but I shared this in the first service. When, when I was a senior in high school, in, in AP English, part of our semester grade was to do an oral presentation. And I went to my teacher and said, I will take a zero on that assignment because I'm never speaking to anybody in public. And you want to know what? Every time I do this and people know that story, God gets some extra glory because people know that dude ain't that smart and this gifted to do this. God alive inside becomes our helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper that gives you strength in your weakness. It's the strength in your weakness that comes alive on the inside. And all of a sudden, something you never thought you'd be able to do, God empowers you and leads you into it. And you're going, I never thought. And everybody's going, I never thought. And everybody's going, that must be God. Because we need help especially in our weakness, the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit because the Spirit helps us. And then, number three, the Holy Spirit is designed to be your guide. I know, like when I said that earlier, I thought, hey, we're going on a trip, you know. <laughs> it's designed to be your guide. You, no, but we are, aren't we? It, isn't life kind of a, a journey? You ever been to that moment when you're like, I, I've got this job offer and this job offer? Or I just lost my job and I, I don't have any job offers. And, and, and we could move into this house or this house or we could do this and do... And, and it's so difficult so many times. And it's not because they're bad decisions. It's just I don't know which one's the right one. The Holy Spirit is designed to be your guide. John chapter 16, Jesus speaking. I have so much more to say. More than you can now bear. But when he, and I love this name for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Some of you have been there. You, you've been in a moment when you didn't know what to do. When you, you didn't know how it was going to all work out, you, you were scared, you were frustrated, you, you, you were just at your wit's end. If you've ever needed guidance, you needed the Holy Spirit. If you've ever gotten to that moment when you lost your job and you didn't know what was coming next, in that moment, you needed the Holy Spirit. When you've ever gotten to your wit's end with your kids and you, you didn't know, I don't even know what, I've tried everything I know what to do with them, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you've ever needed guidance, you've needed the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because God designed the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And lastly, and I think, man, this is probably the most important one. It's the most obvious one. Why do we need to be filled with the Spirit? Because God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
This is what God wants for you. I mean, this is literally the desire of his heart for you. Do you know that Jesus, when Jesus went to the cross, he purchased for you the right to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He purchased it for you. Because of our sin and our sinful nature, we did not deserve it. It was not anything that God owed us. He does not owe us his presence. But through the mercy of God on display at the cross in Jesus Christ, Jesus with his death overcame our sin and purchased the right for us to be close to God. I don't, I don't know if you've read the story. Every year I make a, a pledge, God, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. And, and, and I kind of give up somewhere around like day 21, which means I've read the first kind of 10 chapters of the Bible a lot over and over again every year. Just kidding. That's a joke. In the garden, in the garden, before sin, before the fall, God showed up to walk with Adam and Eve. Can you imagine every day having an afternoon date with God to go on a walk? Just to talk. Hey, how you doing? Just to be encouraged, to be loved, to be known. And then what happened? Sin happened. And if you pay attention to the narrative of the story, Adam and Eve ran. They broke their date. And God went looking for them. Where are y'all? It was sin that broke that kind of relationship and connection with God. God wants it. So it's so remarkable to me as you fast forward to the New Testament. And the book of Colossians says that now it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. The great Joe Novenson said, leave it to the God of grace that he would draw nearer to us after the fall than we were before. That the God who came and walked with us now dwells in us. This is what Jesus bought for you when he died on the cross on your behalf. And we say this all the time. We want you to have everything Jesus bought for you on the cross. Some of y'all aren't living with peace and you Jesus purchased peace for you when he died on the cross and we want that for you. Some of you today, you're not, you're, you feel weak and you feel broken down. At the cross, Jesus purchased power for you. We want you to live with everything that he purchased for you. And so this is so pivotal that next week I'm, I'm going to spend the entire time that we have introducing you to my friend, the Holy Spirit. Because I, I want you to get to know God in this way. I want you to see the invitation into a, a new dynamic of your relationship with here, with Him. And, and, and I'm so excited about what it's going to mean for us here. But as we wrap this up, can I ask you this question? Did you come in here with a, a hole on the inside? Did you come in today feeling empty? I, I, you've tried a lot. You've tried to fill it with 
with things and relationships, validation and acceptance? Did you come in today with a hole on the inside? The thing about that is that some of us have come in and we've said, if if they'll just love me, if that person will just love me, if they'll give me the attention and affection of their life, then I'll feel satisfied. And you get it, you don't feel it that way. Some of us need to go home today and apologize to our spouse because we've looked for that in them. And the tensions that we often feel in our relationship are the fact that they're not God. And they will never be able to love you like God. They cannot fill that empty hole inside of you. Maybe today there's some of us in here that we, we've, we've said, if I, can just, if I can just get somebody and some people that, that will tell me that I'm good and that I deserve better, and if I can just get some people around me that will tell me that I'm all, then I'll feel better. And you've gotten that, and it never left you feeling any better. And you don't need more validation and acceptance. Every time you've gotten it, it felt good for a moment, but it left you feeling empty. You don't need more success because you crushed that goal and you got to that one and you finally got the thing you always wanted and then you were just left feeling empty and broken. It's not a new habit, a new hobby. It's none of that. The only thing that's going to leave you satisfied It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you come in with a hole on the inside? Only the Holy Spirit can fill that. You can look at those other things as long as you want to, but they will never satisfy you. They will keep leaving you feeling empty and broken. Only the Holy Spirit can satisfy. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.